If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Grawn, your whale. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and close to us, sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, retell us, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 221 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we're going to have an Irish folk tale, a tale of the rivers. This is the tale of the white trout. But before we get down to that, a very big welcome to any new and any returning listeners. If this is your first time listening, you're very welcome. And this is a good example of what we typically do here on Fireside, a real classic Irish folk tale. And if you enjoy this, why don't you head right back to the very beginning and see what we've been building up to the last four and a half years of the podcast And if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so, so much for your continued support. All of the usual ways you can support the podcast, you can follow me over on Instagram, at FiresideBard. You can email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. You can buy my book, Garden Sea, and Neo Myth of Home, my poetry collection, which is available in paperback from Headstuff website or in Kindle version from Amazon. The links are in the description below, as is the link to join Headstuff Plus uh, at headstuffpodcast.com where for as little as five euro a month although you can pay more if you want you can gain access to bonus material not just for Fireside but for all of the podcasts and the Headstuff Podcast Network and you can support the podcast and me in a more direct way and those are the cells out of the way so it's lovely to be recording with you all today um, my schedule per- continues to impede on the regularity of Fireside but uh, I'm hoping to get two episodes out this week and we will definitely get build up for the episodes that have been lost in the last couple of months, uh, the, the weeks that have been missed, which I hate because I've I've had such a good schedule of the podcast over the last four and a half years of, of religiously having it out every week. And I do want to maintain that so that by the end of this year, we do get up to 250 episodes before we get into uh, the following, the sixth year of Fireside. Um, so yes, for the fifth anniversary, I do want to get to 250 episodes, which we will. 
So rest assured, um, all the lost time will be made up. Um, my schedule is hopefully starting going to start calm down, calming down now. Um, as of this Friday, from when I'm recording this, I'm recording this on the Tuesday. Um, will be my first day off in thirty six days, or something. Um, which has just all been playing live music around Dublin and and giving literary tours around, which has been fantastic. It's been a great experience, but it has really been taking its toll on both my physical and mental health. So uh, I'm pulling back on some of those um, to finish off writing my second book and to uh, the redrafts on my second book and to build back up on The Lost Time and Fireside. So thank you so much for your patience and thank you for continuing listening, those who are the regular listeners to the podcast. So with the story this week, we delve back into the WB8's fairy and folk tales, which still, after all these years, is still yielding incredible stories that we have not yet touched. And I always enjoy tales of water and tales of rivers and lakes. There's always a richness to them because there is just something so unknowable about water in general. And so water just might be the most mythological element even more than earth um, for its mystery and its darkness and its danger. And this story is no exception. It is a tale of prince and princesses of love and loss and enemy soldiers and, of course, of the white trout. And so we will chat more about this, but here we have the white trout on Fireside. The White Trout There once was a princess who lived in a castle by a lake. The princess had been promised in marriage to the son of a neighbouring chieftain. Despite not having any choice in this matter, the princess was excited to marry the chieftain's son, and she felt she could love him. But the marriage was not to be. The chieftain's son was murdered and his body was thrown into the lake by the castle of the princess. The bereaved girl lost her mind with grief. She became reclusive, refused to eat, and certainly refused to ever marry anyone else. Eventually, the locals around the castle stopped hearing about the princess entirely. She was presumed missing, dead, or perhaps having been spirited away by the other folk. In a stream leading to the lake, there appeared a white trout. Never before or since had a white trout been seen. Wild Irish trout are brown with yellow bellies and spotted. Yet this fish was completely white with light grey speckles. The white trout was witnessed by many fishermen, river walkers, and passers-by. People would come specifically to witness the sight of the beautiful, unusual fish. Not only was its appearance remarkable, but apparently so was its lifespan. Years went by, and the fish remained to be seen. It did not die. It did not swim on and everyone was certain this was the same white trout. In the early days of sightings, 
Folks initially tried to catch the fish, but its beauty and long life convinced locals that there was something magical at play here. They suspected the work of the other folk and decided to let the trout be for fear of revenge from the fairies. And so the white trout was let be, that is, until the arrival of a group of British soldiers. The soldiers were strangers to the area, and upon hearing of the local legend of the white trout, mocked the superstitious beliefs of the lake folk. The soldiers were on leave, and so decided to go fishing themselves. One soldier in particular announced to all who would listen that he would catch, cook, and eat the white trout. And the warnings of the locals only stirred on his determination. The soldier did not even have as much difficulty in catching the trout as he had anticipated. The fish was easy to spot, and no one had even dropped a line and bait near it for so long that the white trout took the bait on the first cast. The delighted soldier reeled in the prize and pulled it up on the shore. He held the trout up to all of the disappointed locals. Here is your magic fish. Not so magical now, is it? Here I am holding it up with my hook in its mouth, and I have not been cursed yet, have I? Just you wait, said a lake man. Was that a threat? asked the soldier, who kicked back into authority mode. Not at all, said the man. I do not threaten, but the other folk will. You simple-minded fool, said the soldier. Watch me cook and eat the fish and see what happens. Perhaps I'll become as smart as Finn McCool. The locals walked away, muttering under their breath. That was a salmon, and that's Fionn McCool, you blackguard. The soldier made a fire and began heating a pan over it. When the pan began to sear, the soldier placed the white trout upon the heat and began cooking the fish on one side. After a few minutes, he flipped the fish over, only to discover that the trout had not cooked at all. The soldier thought that strange, but decided the pan was not yet hot enough. He stoked the flame of the fire and continued cooking. He flipped the trout over and over, but not even slightly did the fish change colour. Safe to say this soldier had already now had considerable warning that this was no ordinary fish. The soldier became impatient. Although you do not look cooked on the outside, you must be on the inside. I have had you on the heat for nearly an hour. I'm sure you'll be delicious. The greedy, impatient man took the fish off the pan and placed it on a plate. He then stuck a knife into the trout, and the fish gave out a scream. And not the scream of a fish, whatever that sounds like, but rather the scream of a woman. And immediately there was no white trout before the soldier, but a tall, beautiful, blonde woman in white robes. 
The only imperfection in this apparition was the blood trickling from the woman's right arm. You villain, the woman said to the soldier, who was now on his knees, trembling in fear. You couldn't have just left me in the stream, could you? I see from your uniform that you were a man of duty, and yet you have taken me away from mine. The soldier attempted to speak. I'm so sorry, madam. I thought you were merely a peasant folk belief. I did not believe them. I did not mean to disrupt your duty. You fool, said the woman. Had you been a kinder, more compassionate and intelligent man, you would have known that the customs of even the lowest of folk are rooted somewhere. I was the princess of that castle, and I swim in that stream awaiting the return of my lover who was drowned in the lake. He will return to me in the water, and so help me by the gods of the rivers and seas. If I return and I have missed my lover after all this time, it will be you who will become a fish. A tiny pinkeen I will hunt day and night until the rivers run dry. The soldier begged for mercy. Renounce your villainous ways, said the princess. Respect the beliefs and customs of others, especially in lands strange to you, and live a better life. Now return me to the river, and pray for your own soul. But my lady, stammered the soldier, I could not drown a beauty such as you. But the princess was no longer in human form before him. She had transformed back into the white trap. The soldier hastily put the fish back into a basin filled with water and rushed back to the stream. He tossed the white trout back to her home. The river ran red with the blood from the cut of the soldier's knife, but the healing water soon washed the blood away. But the white trout retained the cut on her side forevermore. The soldier never was turned into a pinkeen or hunted by the princess, so he safely assumed that she had not missed her lover, and still awaited his return. The next day, the soldier returned to duty, but he was from then on a changed man. He never again consumed the flesh of fish instead choosing to fast on days where fish was the only option. And following his retirement from beauty, the former soldier became a hermit and lived out the rest of his days praying for the soul of the white trout and hoping for the reunion of the princess and her drowned lover. This is one of many trout tales of the rivers and lakes of Ireland. Sacred as the salmon. The end. Hi, I'm Eve Kavanagh. And I'm Gerald Farrelly. And we are the hosts of Agony Rants. We have been friends for a long time, and on Agony Rants, we do what we've always done. 
talk about people behind their backs and make suggestions on how they can improve their lives. No, we cheer them up on Monday morning and help them with their problems. By meddling in areas in which we are dangerously unqualified. Why don't you join us each week for a new episode? You'll find us wherever you do your listening with special bonus content for subscribers on headstuffpodcast.com. Agony Rants, out now on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And there we have the tale of the white trout on Fireside, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Yes, it's... I love when animals native to a place are imbued with with folklore and mythology like this because to have storytelling revolved around anything especially multiple tales or customs and beliefs you know, imbue something with so much importance and it really gives you a sense of of how crucial these creatures or these trees or whatever it is had to people at this time because that just constantly reminds me at least of how many of those kind of things we have lost you know in our respect for land and everything that was here before us and somehow is still here despite us so I loved I'd never done a a tale on a trout before a trout wasn't an animal a fish that I was particularly knowledgeable about and so, of course, the thing to talk about right away um, is Fionn McCool with the Salmon of Knowledge and the salmon being probably the most important fish in Ireland, um, largely because of this tale, but also because uh, of how important it still is and the laws and regulations that there still are for salmon in Ireland for salmon fishing and with how popular and delicious a fish it is still considered to be. So right away you have that myth underneath any other fish tale that will cast a shadow over every other fish tale that you experience. Uh, but with here, there is another aspect to this story where I love how focused it is for starters on this like one castle by a lake. And we just imagine that this would have been a time, you know, possibly late... 18th century, early early to mid-19th century, when perhaps some of these castles weren't occupied anymore, these castles that had been built by the Normans um, that had started to be abandoned um, or possibly were abandoned during the famine, any time there was mass exodus from the, the gentry that would have been living in these castles for so long. And so when you have these empty castles in disrepair, castles and actually more than essentially any other building will always attract haunted stories and stories of fairies and and folklore in general. And so it's lovely to imagine how these two worlds were fused. So you had the uh, you have this image of an abandoned castle, and so you can imagine a story revolving around how it came to be abandoned and who used to live there. And, of course, a lot of that would have been based on actual history and then there would still be mystery there because, ultimately, the lower the lower class of local people living in villages and towns around these castles, they would have ultimately not really known what was going on with these rich lords and chieftains and, and dukes and princes living in these castles, wherever in the world that may be. And... 
so the idea of a princess promised to the son of a chieftain, a chieftain who then a son of a chieftain who then would die and be drowned, and then the idea of this disappearance of this princess and she possibly just died, or did marry someone else and moved away, but then fusing this with the idea of seeing a white trout, seeing a common animal that looked different, because if you're if you're putting any kind of folklore or myth onto an animal, even if it's a very common and plentiful animal, if you see one of those that is different, so if you see a wild Irish trout which is brown and then it is white, that's naturally going to fuse then with this idea of something more magical and ethereal. And another element I liked about this story, I like... Also, when there are in these tales non-believers, if you get me, where there is skeptics, um, because that allows us in our modern skeptical sense to have more of a window in, um, whether it is something like taking the play Hamlet, where you're talking about a, a, a time where a belief in, in one God was considered an absolute. Um, Hamlet has a huge amount of agnosticism throughout that play and questions whether or not God is real. And that is one of the many reasons why that play can still be performed. And I'm not making a comparison between this folktale and with Shakespeare, but it is in the same sense when we have these soldiers coming in, these soldiers who are mocking the customs that allows us to kind of reason with our own skepticism that we sometimes have for these beliefs that these people had hundreds of years ago. And there are a few, we even had with that with more where the recent story that we did of the corpse where that character who was cursed to carry this dead body around from, from, churchyard to churchyard finding a burial place for it for a, a perceived lack of faith and belief in the other folk um that a huge amount of these stories are actually about making believers of non-believers because if we have say say fairies don't exist and have never existed um there's a reason that these these this these beliefs held on for as long as they did and even still hang on today there are still stories of uh, there was a like a case in Ireland very very recently of a motorway that was meant to be built through a fairy tree and there was war about it and the motorway ended up being built around that so this isn't something that's that's gone away entirely at all which is naturally something that I love but with this you have these soldiers mocking the beliefs of the fishermen and the locals about this princess and this white trout and this is a story about making believers of non-believers. So these stories would have, one of their functions certainly was about a fear and respect for what is out there. And so I've, I've said before on the, pod, on the podcast that a lot of the old fairy tales are about the idea of the woods and the dark roads and why you should stay in your village because you don't know what's going to happen to you. 
uh, you're no longer protected out on the wild darks of, and mystery of, of the outside world. And so a good way of protecting people from going out there would be to say that there are fairies out there or there are monsters out there. You know, that's that's really done so beautifully in the grim fairy tales because they are all more or less set in essentially this one dark forest. And the forest is very much the allegory for just the outside world. Um, I sometimes use the example, I th I've sung the folk song Wheela Wheela Walia on the podcast before in one of the Halloween episodes years ago, um, which is a folk song written and sung to Dublin children about why they should be afraid of people from the country and why they should avoid the countryside entirely. Because as was the saying uh, for a long time, uh, that in the country people eat their young. And so this story arose up about this woman in the woods who had who had murdered her own child. And this was sung as a song to children. And this was a schoolyard song of bewaring what was out there and the mystery. And that is, that was a very long, very important function of folklore and mythology in many cultures. And is also why we still, I feel, buy into these stories and why these stories are still interesting. Because we always will have a fear and a fascination with the unknown. And to bring it back to what I said at the beginning about river tales and lake tales and water tales in general of the oceans and seas, why they are particularly captivating from the Odyssey um, to Jason and the Argo to like right to the, the voyage of Mail Dune and we'll do, um, we'll be doing uh, Brendan the Navigator's voyage in a couple of weeks, is the idea of the, the endless, endless mystery and the danger and how, how unknowable the ocean is and you can say that about any forest or any big city or anything and we always will have this sense of wonder and anxiety and fear and awe for what is strange and what is unknown to us and that is exciting so while this is a quite a short and quite contained simple tale this is indicative of a whole a whole genre as well like this is just an incredibly simplified and contained version of the voyage of Maeldun essentially for those who listened to that a couple of weeks ago and that's been always one of my favorite distinctions and why I love that I cover folklore and mythology is that in a generalized crude sense you know the mythology is about you know gods and kings and heroes whereas folklore is about real ordinary for lack of a better word people and um, but also between by mixing the folklore and the mythology you have a sense of the great and of the small and so we have i love that we get to go from Maeldun visiting 44 islands all off the coast of ireland each containing monsters and demons and all sorts. And then we get to just have a simple tale about a fish in a lake that still feels like it's carrying that world of, of magic and mystery to it. Uh, but of course, let me know your thoughts on this episode. Um, as with anyone, you can message me on fire, at Fireside Bard uh, on Instagram 
or email me at thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Um, please buy my book, Garden Sea, A Neo Myth of Home. You can order that in paperback or in Kindle version. And you can also support the podcast directly by joining Headstuff Plus at fi- uh, for five euro a month or pay more if you like. Um, all of the links are in the description below. Next week, we are going to have one of our world tales, uh, a tale that took a good bit of research, um, but I'm really, really happy with it, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Um, I'll release that this week as well, to get two out this week, uh, which will be uh, a tale from Chinese mythology, uh, which is another new new uh, pond for us to dip into, and it's going to be the story of the Chinese Zodiac and where the Zodiac came from. So we're going to have the story of what is known as the Great Race for the Zodiac. Uh, so I look forward to sharing that with you. I'll see you all. You'll hear me all next time. Remember, wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. 